0: Good morning. Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us, you will find envelopes or a sheet, a card, in the pew rack in front of you. If you would fill that out, it would give us a chance to meet you later and uh, see what we can do to involve you in the ministries here at Calvary Baptist Church, see what you're interested in. If you have a prayer request or need to speak with a minister, that's also a way for you to uh, let us know that and we can get back in touch with you about that. This month, we're talking and thinking and turning our spirits toward generosity. We began that last Sunday. Last Sunday, we made available these items for you as an aid to help you move into that spirit within this month. On this side, there's all kinds of ways that you can show your generosity to others. On this side, there is a calendar that you can keep track of the various things that you've been able to do. And uh, we have these available as you leave on the wow, on the uh, table to your right as you go out the door. So if you haven't gotten one last week, you're welcome to pick one up this week. We also have a special emphasis today, which is involved with these baskets full of envelopes here at the front of the church. Uh, you will find out more about that within the sermon, and your response to that will come after the sermon. So we would ask that before any of you leave the sanctuary later in the service, that you do participate with us and come forward and take one of those envelopes and follow the pastor's instructions a little later. Thank you for being here for worship. It begins now.
1: We come to you this morning, Lord, with gratitude for the ways you revealed yourself to us this week through generosity. We also confess the many moments we were too busy to listen or pay attention to the Spirit's nudging, missing opportunities to be generous and receive generosity from others. And yet still, your generous grace and love is sufficient for each of us this morning and every morning. So as we sense your presence around us now, whispering and nudging to loosen our grip, to slow our breath, and to steady our hearts, help us to be present now and hear your voice because we yearn for it, Lord. Help us to become the people you desire us to be. Amen.
2: why
3: A reading from the book of Matthew and the book of 2 Corinthians. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven.
4: So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you.
3: When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases, as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him.
4: The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This This is is the word word of of the Lord. Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: We're giving to the giver of all things. What would please the ever-living one true God from whom I springs? Not did gold or merchandise, but a living sacrifice, worship both profound and free, serving God with all our being. Christ, what costly incarnation, to to reveal to all creation God's redeeming love and grace. So are we in flesh and in the means of making known through the web of daily living, God's own pattern of self-giving. Let us shun the selfish merit worldly wisdom has defined,
3: If I can have all the kids join me up front for the children's message Awesome. It's so good to see you guys this morning. I have a question for you, and you might get a little upset when I asked it. You want to know why? Because it's about school, and today is not a school day, but I'm going to ask you a school question anyway. So when you guys do assignments at school, do you sometimes have to turn them in to your teachers? No. no. Okay. Okay. That sounds like an awesome school. I want to be at your school. <laughs> Brooks over here said yes. Davis says yes. Okay, so you have to turn in your... Ass- Charity says yes. Okay, so most of us have to turn in our assignments to our teachers when we go to school, right? Uh, when you get ready to turn in your assignment, what is one thing that you check for to make sure it's on your paper? Yes, Annie. Your name. Good. Anybody else check for anything else? Yes, yeah, Steele. Are all the questions answered good? Mm, Nice. Well, Sunny uh, knew what the answer was supposed to be because she said your name. Uh, And I think that's so important. We want to get credit for the things we do, right? Like if you guys were to do a big science fair project and you didn't put your name on it, and then your teacher said, I wonder whose science fair project this is, what would you say? It was mine. I want the credit. I want to make sure I get the points, right? But what we're going to learn in today's message is that God desires something different from us. When we do good things for other people, we should see if we can do them in secret. So um, our big question that we're going to ask each other Is what I'm doing designed to make me feel good? And so is that why I need credit? Or is it designed to show other people how much God loves them? And there's a great verse that we've been talking about the past few weeks that you guys can say with me. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So when you guys are thinking about the ways that you need to get credit, I'm not telling you to not write on your school papers your name, make sure you do that. But as you think about ways that you can serve other people, maybe we don't need credit for it all the time. We just need to bring bring people closer to God. Let's pray. God, thank you for my friends and thank you for um, your son Jesus, the greatest gift that you have given us. And God, I pray that as we go throughout our week, we would seek ways to be servants to other people and that we wouldn't have to put our name on everything we do and get the credit for ourselves, but give credit to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys can go back to your seats.
2: Blessed be your name. In land that is plentiful Where the streams of abundance flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When I'm found in the desert place
0: While I walk through the wilderness
2: Blessed be your name Every blessing you pour on our Praise When the darkness Poses in on Still I will say it be Blessed, be Blessed be the name Of the Lord Blessed be your name Blessed be the name Of the Lord Blessed be your glorious name Blessed be your name Sun shining down on me, for the world's all that it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, on the road marked with ring. Let's pain in the offering, blessed be your name.
5: And now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Matthew 6-3 says this, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. My mom told me just this week before she even knew I was preaching on this text that she has this verse circled in her Bible because it reminds her of her father, my grandfather, Herman Maggard. Now, I have spoken about Paul here at Calvary before in his country store in eastern Kentucky. He is on the Mary Alice sermon bingo board for those of you who are following along. Paul's claim to fame was that he made the best bologna sandwiches you'd ever eaten and everyone in town knew it. In fact, whenever someone important came to visit Hazard, Kentucky, city officials always brought that person to have an ice-cold Coca-Cola and a bologna sandwich from Maggard's store. And while Paul's sandwiches really were great, I still remember them, looking back, that's probably not what brought people to the store. In fact, people passed much nicer grocery stores and restaurants along their way. In fact, they drove through the outskirts of town But they came to get a bologna sandwich from Maggard's store because of Paul. For instance, every Christmas, Paul would deliver these boxes of fresh fruits, candy, and other gifts to people in the community. But one year, he was busy finishing up some work at his store on Christmas Eve, so he asked my mom and her sister Alice to deliver the gifts for him. But at house after house, the people they visited had such a disappointed look on their face when they opened the door to see that Herman was not there. Some people even turned them away. So finally they gave up and went back to the store because they realized it wasn't the gift box that people really cared about. They wanted a visit from Paul. The one thing I don't think I have shared with you about Paul is what happened the night he passed away in 2003. Mom and Alice got a phone call that night that some people from the community had started gathering outside of Maggard's store for a candlelight vigil in honor of Paul. And they wanted to see if Mom and Alice could come over to the store, which was just across the railroad tracks from their house. They were expecting to see maybe 15 or 20 people gathered, but when Mom and Alice crossed the tracks, they were amazed to see well over 100 people standing outside the store, many of whom one by one began sharing stories about my grandfather. One person got up and said how Paul had brought his family groceries for a year when his father was sick. Another person, a close family friend who actually made my parents' wedding cake, got up and shared how Paul had quietly lent her family money for their son to go to college, that neither she nor he had ever told anyone else. Another shared about how he and his brother came to the store barefoot as children, and Paul gave them their first pairs of shoes they ever owned just like he gave to any children who came barefoot and didn't own any shoes. A coal miner's son got up and shared about the ways Paul had helped his family when the coal miners went on strike by allowing them to get free groceries from the store for as long as they needed. And he said this wasn't just for his family, but for all of the coal, fi- coal miners' families in the area. He said many of them were never able to repay Paul for the groceries and Paul said that would be okay too. Even the mayor of Hazard, Kentucky showed up that night and he said, I know I wouldn't be where I am today without all that Herman has done for me. I never even would have considered going to college without him believing in me. Well, my mom said she was so overcome with emotion that night because neither she nor Alice had ever heard most of these stories. Of course, they knew Paul was generous and he was always helping people. He modeled that for us with the way he lived his life. But even as adults, they had no idea the magnitude of what he had done. In fact, when they got home that night and told my grandmother what they had heard, Granny hadn't heard many of the stories either. But she also wasn't surprised because she said that's just who Paul was. My mom said to me this week, I've always wondered about this verse. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing because that just seems virtually impossible when you think about it. But that night I think I finally understood it when I realized that I had just heard what was probably only a fraction of the selfless things my father had done for others over the course of his lifetime, and I had absolutely no idea. You know, in a world in which so many of us like to showcase everything we do on social media, from what we are eating for breakfast to random things we are thinking about in the car or how we're already decorating our house for Christmas. Not to mention whenever we do something big or generous or exciting or well accomplished, I can't help but wonder if we have lost the art of a quiet, humble generosity. I mean, when we do something generous, more often than not, we wanna make sure other people know about it. So we might find a creative way to post about it on Facebook. I was so blessed to be able to do this today. Grateful for this opportunity to do this great thing for these people. (laughs) Or we find a way to just subtly slide it into the conversation with the people that we want to make sure really know that we did the really great thing. We make sure to include it in our resumes. And at the very least, I think we usually want our family or the people with whom we do life closely to know something about the great things we are doing. But what does this say about us? Why is it so important for us to advertise our generosity? And what might it look like for us to live with this don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing kind of generosity that we see in today's scripture reading? So whenever you give alms, Matthew 6 says, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. Now, we need to understand that this text was written in an honor-shame culture in which it was important for people to establish their honor in public. In fact, it may have been the case that whenever someone gave a great gift to the temple, a horn was blown in their honor. But Jesus makes it clear here that he does not want the disciples tooting their own horns or orienting their lives around this kind of cultural phenomenon. I wonder what this text would be like if it were written today. I wonder if it would say something like this. Whenever you give to those in need... Don't post a selfie about it, or put it on your Instagram story, or broadcast it to everyone you know so that you may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, you have received as many likes as you need. (laughs) Another scholar points out that the saying about the left hand is particularly interesting because the left hand was not the favored hand in this culture. He says, doing something with the left hand was less likely to bring notice, or at least a favorable notice, to what someone was doing because it would have been completely unexpected. You see, there's something about genuine and sincere generosity, Jesus says here. Doing generosity in ways that no one else will never know about because that's not the point of it. However, is this text telling us that every time we are generous, it should always be hidden or done in secret? Perhaps we shouldn't take Jesus' teaching to that extreme either. After all, just verses earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says these words to the disciples, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. So what do we do with that? That in one chapter, Jesus says, let others see your good works, like a light shining in the darkness. And yet, in the very next, Jesus says, don't even let the left hand know what the right hand is doing so that all your giving is done in secret. Perhaps if we keep reading Matthew 6, it might help. Jesus goes on in Matthew 6 to talk about prayer. And he says, but whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Now certainly, we know that our private prayer life is a crucial part of our life with God. But we all know that this verse doesn't mean that we are never to pray in groups or in public. That's something we do here in worship at Calvary every week and something we take seriously about doing together too. So that realization helps us begin to understand that Jesus isn't talking about the way things always must be done here in Matthew 6 but rather our motivation for why we do them in the first place. Why do we give? Why do we pray? Is it to make ourselves look good? Is it to impress others? Is it to please our parents or someone else in our life? Is it out of guilt? Or is it, in fact, about something more? Do we pray when no one else is watching? Because we believe that God meets us in these sacred, quiet spaces of our lives. And because we trust that God hears the prayers of God's people. And likewise, do we give in ways that no one will ever know about? Because we know deep within us that it's so much more significant than to give, than to receive, or to hoard, or to cling on so tightly to what we already have. Do we give because we know that none of this belongs to us in the first place and that it is all grace upon grace from the God who has already given so generously to us? Do we give out of a genuine desire to be part of the good and beautiful work God is doing here at Calvary and in our community and all around our world? Friends, these are the questions that each of us can only answer for ourselves. And to be honest, these are questions that each of us can only answer in the quiet crevices of our souls, in the spaces where no one else but God can hear us. And so I hope each of us will take some time in the midst of this generosity series to ask ourselves these questions, why do I give? And how might God be calling me to give in ways I haven't considered before? But we also want to take this idea a step further today. Our ministers have been reflecting on this idea of generosity for quite some time. And we wanted to think of a way to invite the Calvary family to live out a genuine generosity. You've noticed that we have these tables and envelopes at the front of the sanctuary today. And within all of these envelopes is almost $5,000 from Calvary's mission budget. Our mission's budget is invested in the good work God is doing outside of Calvary. It supports CBF field personnel serving around the world and scholarships for students going to Truett Seminary and the Garland School of Social Work. It sends backpacks of food home with children at West Avenue every weekend who otherwise might not have a meal at home and supports teachers and other initiatives in the school throughout the year. This year, our missions budget helped to support the work that Jill and Kirk Hatcher are doing in Peru. It supported Guillerme Almeida's ministry this summer in the country of Georgia, and Alice Fry and her work at the Good Neighbor House, just down the street. And it sent an incredible team of youth and adults to serve at the border in Laferia, Texas this summer. But today, each of us can extend the reach of this money a step further. And so in just a few moments, we are going to invite everyone here to come forward and to take an envelope from one of these tables. Whether you call Calvary home or whether today is your very first Sunday here, whether you are a child, a youth, or an adult, we are all invited to participate. And within this envelope will be a $10, $20, $50, or $100 bill. We ask that with whatever money you receive today, you do something generous as God is calling you. If you need ideas on the back of our generosity calendars in the Welcome Center, there are lots of different possibilities to get you started. You can donate books to our reading clubs at West Avenue, purchase gifts for the Mission Waco Toy Drive, buy a cup of coffee for the person behind you in line, take someone to lunch or take a meal to someone needing encouragement. Give to the Samaritans Fund or give to our work here at Calvary. Give to another nonprofit or organization that is doing good work you feel led to support. But the point is we do not want to prescribe what you do with this money. We truly want you to use it as you feel led to offer generosity to someone else in some way. We just ask that you don't open the envelope until you get home today, because this activity isn't about letting the left hand know what the right hand received or is doing. And when you get home, we hope you will take some quiet time, or maybe together as a family to reflect on how God is leading you to give, trusting that how and why you give is just as important as what you give toward. You know, in the early stages of this idea, I was reflecting on it with another pastor friend, and they said to me, isn't that a pretty big risk for Calvary? They said, I've seen these churches give out money and ask people to multiply it and give it back to the church, but you're just giving money away with no guarantee of how it will be used. And I thought about it for a moment, and my response was, yes. Because you see, I think God takes an incredible risk on us every time God is generous to us. And God has no guarantee of how we will use what we have been given or if we will use it at all. And yet our God continues to be generous to us. The question is, what are you and I doing with what we have been so graciously given? And here's the thing, if you and I use all of this money in radical acts of generosity across our community and around our world, I think that in itself will be a beautiful thing. But my dream and the dream of our staff and our finance and our missions team is bigger than that. Our dream is that these envelopes will be seed money to encourage all of us to be even more generous with our lives. Our hope is that this money is just the beginning of all of us at Calvary living into an even more radical, selfless, and genuine generosity by God's grace. One author I read this week in reflecting on this text in Matthew said this, at the heart of all these caveats to give, fast, pray, and not hoard the things of this life like we talked about last week, Jesus offers this one universal truth. The world says, prepare for the worst, secure your borders, hoard your money, and hide it under the bed. Avoid the stranger, take care of your own, and one day he or she will be there to take care of you. But Jesus says this, prepare for the best live expansive lives, give generously, engage the stranger, care for the needy. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of a better way for us to share this money, and even more so of a better way for us to live our lives than that. And so, God, I ask that you would call us to give today, Help us to reflect on why we give and how we give and what our motivations are behind that. God, give us a heart to follow in the way of Jesus, who gave so selflessly. And then give us the courage to follow, to open our hands, to open our hearts, to let go, and to give in the ways that you are inviting us. We ask all these things for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. The invitation to generosity comes because we follow a generous God. The truth is that God gave everything for us when he sent Jesus, not only to be with us but to become one of us and to live and die so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And if you'd like to talk with one of our ministers about what it looks like to follow Jesus, we would love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary. Or maybe you're interested in becoming part of this community of faith where we seek to live generously together. We would love to welcome you into the Calvary family today. But also as we sing and as we respond today, all are invited to come forward and to take an envelope on one of these tables as you feel led will come similar to how we do for communion. So please exit your pew on the right side and return on your left and feel free to get up and come forward as you feel led.
2: or scare? Will you let me once a prayer in you and you in me? Will you let the blinded see if I but call your name? Will you set the prisoners free and never be the same? Will you kiss the leprechaun and do such as this and see, and not me to what I need in you, and you in you me. Will you love the you you hide if I but call your name? Will you dwell that fear inside and never be the same? Will you use and touch and sound in you and you in me Lord your song as echo true when you but call my name Let me turn and fall on you and
6: Gracious God, give us generous hearts to share whatever gifts you have given to us, to acknowledge you as the giver of all gifts, to give without counting the cost, to share without expecting something in return, to hold all our treasures and values with open hands, to be gracious and unbegrudging in our giving, to know the freedom that comes from true generosity, to accept our talents, whether many or few, and to use them in service of others, to grow in giving thanks for everything, to fall more deeply in love with the God of all generosity so that our hearts are strong enough to give away freely whatever is asked. O gracious God who generously lavishes our lives with goodness, create in our hearts a deep center of generosity and gratitude with surprises of joy, growth, and unconditional love. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: Calvary, it is my great joy um, to share Jacob Johnson and some exciting news that he wants to share with us today. I know many of you know Jacob. He grew up here at Calvary. He's currently a student at TSTC studying civil and architectural drafting. Um, I said, tell us about yourself. What do you want people to know about you? He said, I love gaming. I play Dungeons and Dragons with three groups every week. (laughs) Is this on? Can you all hear me? Oh, good. Okay. Uh, but, but the big news that Jacob wants to share with us today is he is here to make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Jacob said that he has been inspired by the faith of the Calvary family for quite some time and has been coming back for maybe the past six months or so. Um, and that he is ready to take that next step of faith in his own journey. Um, And I think this is a a beautiful example. We've talked about how our private faith lives are so important, but I think this is an incredible example of how our public faith lives are so important too because I think seeing Christ in all of you has been a life-changing thing for Jacob over the past few months. Jacob, we are overjoyed to share this news with you, and we have some special words that we as the Calvary family want to share with you today. In response to your decision, I'm gonna invite you to have a seat for just a moment and then we'll walk out together. And I really hope you'll take a chance to offer Jacob an encouraging word as you leave today. I hope as you came in today, you noticed our coffee bar in the Welcome Center. Did we see this? I want to say a huge thanks to Julie and Don Corley, to Glenn Guthrie, Clara Holliman, Becky Jones, and others who have been invested in this work. I really believe that our welcome center is the nicest space in our building, and I want us to use it well and for it to be a space of true welcome and hospitality and connection for everyone who walks in our doors. And so we are excited about creating a physical space where we can do that each week. Um, But in order to use it to its full potential, we need a team of volunteers Who are committed to preparing coffee and intentionally making sure that this space is welcoming and inviting and so if that is something you are interested in and helping us use this space well please talk to me please send me an email Um, we would love to put a team together and to begin planning for how to use that also next sunday we will not have adult sunday school we will be reviewing our 2020 budget proposal together in the chapel Um, The Coordinating Council will be reviewing that today, and then there will be copies of that in the tower for you to view in advance as well. Um, We will have classes for children, youth, and college next week. Also, I hope everyone was able to get an envelope. And know that we want to hear about your experiences over the next few weeks, because we think these stories will encourage all of us in living generously. We will be receiving stories anonymously, um, and you can write about them in those yellow cards in your pews or in the link in the tower if you want to write about them online and then sharing them with the rest of Calvary. Allie wanted me to mention that the youth parent meeting is happening right after worship, and they will be meeting upstairs in the youth room. And then the last thing I wanted to say is what a gift it is to have Brenda Bradley with us in worship today. (laughs) Brenda, you are such a strong light in the Calvary family, and we have been and will continue to be joining you in prayer in all the days ahead, but know that it brings us so much joy to worship alongside you today. Thanks be to God. Well, please stand and join me in this benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you. May Christ's mercy astound you. And may the Spirit abound in you, so that you live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen. Amen.
2: Go in peace, live in grace, trust in me. peace. Amen.